Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. This person won't meet me where I'm at. This person won't meet me where I'm at. Look, settle your business. Do you both belong to the Lord? Yeah? Cool. Settle it. Figure it out. There's too many church drama and church nonsense going on these days where people don't want to sit down and figure stuff out. Sit down, act like rational human beings, treat each other with respect, hear what they're saying, don't be quick to react. My goodness, that would be a great lesson for our country right now. Quit being so quick to react. Learn how to respond. Being a Christian doesn't mean that you have it all figured out, by any means. Just because you strive to be better doesn't mean that you don't mess up in the meantime. We have a habit of making small issues into huge matters because maybe we feel we've been wronged. But Pastor James reminds us today that it's not even worth it. As a follower of Christ, you know the big picture and the end game. When you take a step back and put everything into perspective, does that tiny issue even matter anymore? Now here's Pastor James in the book of Philippians chapter 4 with today's edition of Bread for the Broken. chapter 4. This is it. We've, we've reached it. We, we've made it to Philippians 4. Next week we'll be in Acts chapter 17. That's an amazing chapter of the Bible. And then we'll, we'll jump into like 1 Thessalonians right after that. So this, it's the journey. It's the journey. You're here today and we get to go through this epic chapter in Philippians. Amazing chapter. Amazing chapter. It deals with subject matters like um, thankfulness it deals with prayer, it deals with your heart, your attitude, it deals with anxiety, it deals with worry, it deals with all this beautiful stuff, contentment, knowing how to just be happy, just how to be satisfied in life, right? So uh, amazing chapter, and we're going to walk through this whole thing together and, and finish out this beautiful little book. All right, so... I got the New Living Translation. Um, again, I just kind of, I, I like the way it phrases some of this stuff. So let's jump right into verse one. Dear brothers and sisters, Philippians chapter four, verse one, I love you. Oh, that's so nice. Look at Paul, the Apostle Paul writing from jail to this congregation, this group of believers that has cared so much for the Apostle Paul that even in the midst of terrible, horrible circumstances, he's like, hey guys, I love you so much. I love you so much. This really is, Philippians really is just, it's a, it's a thank you note is what it is from the Apostle Paul to this faithful church that has had his back as a missionary from day one. He says, uh, I love you and I long to see you for you are my joy and my reward and the, or the reward for my work. So please stay true to the Lord, my dear friends. Again, just right there. I mean, that's we're not even getting into the final thoughts. This is just kind of like a, a, little, a little side note from the Apostle Paul. He's like, you're my joy. You're my crown. Hey, do me a favor. Can you please keep following Jesus? You know, because the, the ultimate bummer is to go away from somewhere only to come back. And the ones that, man, were right there with you from the beginning, fighting shoulder to shoulder, they had your back. They were right there with you. And when you come back and it's like, they're gone. They're gone. 
Not like they've moved on to another church because that's no big deal. Go to another church. That's fine. All right? May it be a church that's about Jesus and his word, but that's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about and what Paul is saying, what he's begging of these believers in Philippi is, please keep following Jesus. Because when I come back, I want to hang out. I want to see you. I want to be encouraged by your faith. I want to encourage you with my faith, but I also want to be encouraged by your faith. So please keep walking with the Lord. You know what it's like. You know the pain. When somebody you were running with side by side for so long, and they build on the Lord, and you're just like, dude, no, what happened? What happened? No, come back. Come back. We're in this fight together. Let me remind you, we absolutely need each other. The church needs the church, the people. We need each other. The days are getting darker. And if you're out there trying to ride the storm out all by yourself, best of luck to you. But you're probably not going to make it. We need each other. So now's not the time to bail out on Jesus. Now is the time to come together and say, all right, look, if this is it, the last hurrah of the church, right? Like, if this is it, if we are at the doorstep of like the end of it all, then let's go out with a bang. We got no time for anybody to bail out on us. Stay focused, keep running. Paul, his whole thought here in this chapter, you, you want to know how to deal with anxiety within your life? You stay focused on the prize. You want to know how to make it through dark days and dark seasons? You stay focused on the prize. We talked about this last week, but that is the emphasis Paul has placed on this whole letter, greatly emphasized in chapter 4. And he's telling his friends, stay true to the Lord. Verse 2, here's where he begins to close. He, he's landing the plane, so to speak. He says, now I want you to plead with those two women, Eodia, if that's how you say her name, and uh, something else. Um, I'm not even going to try. It's right there. It's <laughs> I don't know. She's maybe in heaven. Um, my apologies when I get to meet you, but uh, I don't know how to pronounce your name. Um, but there's two ladies in the church. There's some drama. Drama in the church. Yeah, of course. We talked about this. We talked about this every Sunday. Drama happens in churches, but there's a way to deal with it. You handle it. You just handle it, right? Handle it. Take care of it. I don't know what the problem was. I don't know what was happening there, but Paul says, uh, I appeal to these two ladies because you belong to the Lord, settle your disagreement. Settle your disagreement. Well, but this person won't meet me where I'm at. This person won't meet me where I'm at. Look, settle your business. Do you both belong to the Lord? Yeah? Cool. Settle it. Figure it out. There's too many church drama and church nonsense going on these days where people don't want to sit down and figure stuff out. Sit down, act like rational human beings, treat each other with respect, Hear what they're saying. Don't be quick to react. My goodness, that would be a great lesson for our country right now. Quit being so quick to react. Learn how to respond, right? Learn how to respond. Probably less cities would be burned down now if we learned how to respond and not react. Probably there'd be less church splits if we would learn how to respond and not react. Paul is saying, look, figure it out. Settle it. Figure it out. You both belong to the Lord. Your sister's in the Lord. Work it out. Don't let these little disagreements, whatever it is, don't, don't let it creep in, right? Verse 3, it says, and I ask you, my true teammate, to help these women 
for they worked hard with me in telling others the good news or the gospel. And they worked with Clement and the rest of my coworkers whose names are written in the book of life. He's like, look, these two ladies are absolutely valuable to the gospel of Jesus Christ, to the ministry, to the church there in Philippi. I don't know what Bible some people are reading where it seems like people say the Bible belittles women. I can't read the New Testament without seeing Jesus elevating women. And even the Apostle Paul, who gets, he gets smashed all the time because he's, you know, chauvinistic and all this stuff. I'm sorry, but are we reading our Bibles? Because he's like, these ladies matter. The church of Philippi was started with a lady, with a women's prayer group, Lydia, down by the river. And then who was the second member of that church? A demon-possessed girl, more than likely, was the second member of that church. And now there's these two ladies. They got a little bit of issues going on in church. And Paul's like, look, and he's probably talking to a specific individual that he's calling my teammate, my true teammate. He's like, look, step in, because they are essential to the church, these two ladies. They helped out when the gospel was going out. They were there from the beginning. They are essential to what the Lord is doing there within Philippi, with the church of Philippi, and concerning the gospel. Help them figure it out. So they matter. They worked along with Clement and the rest of my coworkers, whose names are written in the book of life. They worked hard with me in telling others the gospel. It's a beautiful thing. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the most beautiful thing that the world has ever been graced with. It's amazing. The solution to all of our problems is found in this beautiful little simplistic message of the fact that, yeah, we're broken. Yeah, we're messed up. And God himself came in human form by way of Jesus Christ, the second member of the Trinity, and lived a perfect life and died on the cross for us to squash all the nonsense, to be a remedy for our sinfulness, which is... The umbrella, I mean, there's a ton of stuff that falls under that umbrella. Whether it's racism, that's sin. I think we know that. I hope we know that. Racism is sin. It is absolutely sin. There's no getting around it. I don't care what form or whatever or who it's coming from, it's wrong to think that one specific skin color is better than another skin color. That's stupid. It is lacking intelligence, okay? You can list all the stuff, but Jesus said, you know what? I'm going to take all your, all your wickedness upon myself, and I'll take care of it. And he did. And he did. And that should be like the, the most unifying thing in this world, but it's the most divisive thing in this world because we have an enemy. We have an enemy who is alive and active, and he's working against the church, and he's working against the gospel. And he wants people to live in fear. He wants you to be anxious over everything. He wants our world to be anxious over everything. He wants our world to be in turmoil right now. He wants these great states of the United States of America to be on fire. Because it causes chaos in people's hearts and minds. We have a remedy for that. There is a remedy for anxiety. I don't know if you suffer or have dealt with anxiety in the past. I, I deal with anxiety every so often. Those ways come upon me. 
It's just something. It has anxiety risen within our nation? Oh, for sure, this year it has. I, can prom- I don't even have to be like a scientist to do any stats. I can tell you, anxiety has risen. And it actually, over the past 20 years, it has been on a steady increase. Not just in America, but globally. They say 40, around 40 million Americans suffer with anxiety. That's estimated. Estimated globally, 300 million people suffer with varying types of anxiety, and it's growing. And if you watch the news, it's growing. And because they're, they are, man, they're feeding that, that they're defeating it. They want it to. They want you to be anxious. They need you to be anxious. I hope you understand that. They need you to be anxious because the ones who create the problem also sell the drug. They also sell the prescription, right? They sell the remedy, So they want you to be anxious. They want you to be caught up. They want you to get to this place of anxiety and depression are two different things. Anxiety is like worrying all the time, excessive worrying. Depression is like this sense of hopelessness. And what they want to do is take you from anxiety to depression, where it's you're worried about all this stuff, and then you're hopeless. You feel hopeless about all this stuff. And the Bible's like, hey, you don't have to be anxious about anything. You actually don't have to be anxious about anything. And in fact, anxiety if we're honest, is a sin. Now, remember, I just, I just owned up to you guys that I struggle with anxiety. So when I am wrestling with anxiety, I am not trusting in the Lord. I'm not. I'll speak for myself. I'll speak for myself because you may come at me with some other arguments, whatever. I will say this. When I personally am going through anxious thoughts, it is because I am not trusting in what he has already said. I'm a sinner. I sin. So this is what Paul's going to deal with this church concerning anxious thoughts and anxiety and, and drama within the church and all that stuff. Verse 4, he says, always be full of joy in the Lord, or as we know it, rejoice in the Lord. And he's like, I'll say it again. Rejoice in the Lord. I'm going to repeat it twice for you. Always be full of joy in the Lord. That's what rejoicing means, to be full of joy in the Lord. So you as a Christian, be overflowing with joy. That's not happiness. It's not happiness. It's joy. And joy, man, joy can, can stand firm. It can stand strong through the worst circumstances, the most difficult times. Because joy is not set, it's not predicated on our, our circumstances, right? It's, it's anchored to Jesus Christ. So I can rejoice in the Lord regardless of what's going on within my life. Rejoice in the Lord. And I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all that you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Let everyone see your gentleness is the other way this is translated, right? That's probably what it says in your Bible, New King James or even ESV, your gentleness. Let everyone, I want you to understand the word everyone is not talking, it's not limited to church folk, okay? It's talking about everyone that you come in contact with. That would include non-believers who don't come to church. They ought to see or experience your gentleness. They should see this thing. They should see that you are considerate in all that you do. So when the world is coming against the church, the church should be the most compassionate, 
the most gentle, the most caring people that exist on this planet. And when people come in contact with you, they should walk away saying, like, man, that person is really nice. That person's really nice. I don't know how well I do at this. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know. I don't, gentleness and compassion are not always my strengths. Um, they're just not. But my wife does really good at this. And I'll prove it to you. We had to evacuate, right? Storms coming. We have a child, in fo our foster baby, right? So when you have a foster child, if there's a mandatory evacuation, you have to go. There's just, there's no, you can't stay. So you have to go. And CPS will call you to make sure that you have gone, right? They're doing their job. So we evacuated up to Cyprus. And so we're at a hotel in Cyprus. And what was amazing is that more and more people were showing up to this hotel in Cyprus. And they were all from Beaumont area and, and some other areas within Lake Charles. I don't know if they were from there, but my wife knows. She'll tell you all about it. But they, they started showing up to this hotel where we're staying at. And so we have dogs. So this is a pet-friendly hotel. So I'm not a pet person. I'm just not really. But I was like, look, me and the boys, because they messed up our rooms, whatever. Okay? So, um, so we got one room up here, no pets allowed. One room down here, pets. So I'm like, all right. So me and the boys, we'll stay with the dogs. Nelly, you and the girls, you go upstairs. And when we're with the dogs, like, you can't leave because, well, they're anxious over everything, right? Like some of them. And so they're barking. And I'm like, you know, trying to keep the peace, right, in the hotel. I'm getting all stressed out just doing that. Well, so that frees up Nelly to go, goes roaming all around the hotel because you got a little, you know, almost two-year-old who doesn't want to stay in a hotel room. But as she's going out, she's just meeting people. And she's, she became friends with all these people from all over, and, but she has this, this gentleness about her. She's got that down. And that's it. Like, so whether you're encountering strangers, whether you're encountering people who don't even believe in what you believe in, they should walk away from a conversation thinking like, man, that's a really nice person. Because that's how they're going to phrase it. They're not going to say, that's a really gentle person, because nobody talks like that. They're going to be like, wow, that person was, was sweet. That person was friendly. That person was considerate. They like listened to me. They heard me out. This is what we should be known for. This is what the church has to be known for. There's no excuses anymore. There's just not. We're, we're past the point. We are absolutely past the point of any grace from the world concerning the church. The church must be known as gentle and compassionate, right? Do we stand firm for the truth? You better believe it. It's truth in love. It's truth in love. Let them see the Lord through your living out your faith. Paul, he's just letting them know. He's like, look, let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. The encouragement. Remember, the Lord's coming soon, okay? So you can take that two different ways. Either the Lord is, he is present with you right now, so you better behave. Okay, that's a good rule, right? So he's always with you. You take him wherever you go, all right? That's a good sobering reality. Wherever you go, you are bringing the Holy Spirit with you, okay? Good or bad, right? Now, you could take it that way, but I think what Paul is doing here is reminding even these guys way back then, the Lord's coming back soon. Be gentle. Be compassionate. You want to win the lost over to the Lord, 
It's his kindness that leads to repentance. Well, his kindness should be lived out through his body, his church. That's what's going to win people over. Not yelling at people. None of that stuff makes all that much of a difference at all. But what? Developing a relationship with somebody, coming alongside somebody, treating somebody like a human being, like they actually matter because, believe it or not, they do. They do. And coming alongside them and say, you know what? You're not a project to me. You're a person, and you're created in the image of God. And so how can I help you? How are you doing? And, and do that with your coworkers. Do that with, do that with strangers that you meet in a hotel if you have to evacuate. How are you doing? Are you doing okay? Is there anything that you need? Can I pray for you? You want to talk about Jesus? You can even just go start with that one. People will talk to you about Jesus, whether they believe in him or not. And I, you're going to encounter people who have all sorts of weird ideas about who he is. We want to just, we want to communicate with individuals like they're, they're people, just like you and I. We're, they're people and they matter. Paul's saying, look, let your gentleness be seen by all. And not only seen, but experienced by all. Now he goes into this next portion of scripture. This is a, uh, an epic one. This, is always, this has been a, a major one within my life, for sure. Um, one that I revisit from time to time when I need to. He says, don't worry about anything, verse 6, or be anxious for nothing. Instead, <laughs> instead, so here, here's the thing. Do not be anxious. Okay, sweet. Aren't you glad that he goes on, Right? Um, we, we live in a world where all these stupid articles are being written. I don't know what happened to journalism within our nation, but it is, it is just ridiculous. And I'm not pointing fingers at anybody, but I read articles and I'm like, so what? Okay, don't do this. Okay, w- what am I supposed to do? Where are you leading me to? What am I supposed to do? See, a complete article would say, don't do this, do this. I love the Bible because the Bible comes along and says, hey, stop doing this, start doing this. That's called healthy. That's healthy reporting is what I would say, okay? It's just called healthy conversation. That's all it is. It's, it's logical unless you're just trying to get clicks, which is what the world we live in. The Bible's like, hey, stop doing this, start doing this. That's why we need more of the Bible in our lives because it addresses the problem and gives you the answer, the solution. We need more Bible. I need more Bible. Less Facebook, less media, less all the nonsense, more Bible. It's not going to bring you any confusion in that sense. The Bible, it's very clear. Paul's like, hey, be anxious for nothing. Don't worry about anything. What? Wait, what? No, because I worry. Like, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's an alternative, there's a remedy. Pray about everything. Pray about everything. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Wait, so it doesn't take a college degree to figure this out. What worries you? What worries you? Write those things down. Get a column. Write those things down. This worries me. My health worries me. My finances worry me. My family environment or relations, that's just worrying me. Write it down. Now, the other columns say, how are you praying about those things? It's just so common sense. 
It's, it's just common sense. Don't worry about anything. Instead, be praying about everything. How is that a remedy? Well, that is putting you at the feet of the one who cares about you continually. Thanks for joining us today on Bread for the Broken with Pastor James Grizzle. Pastor James has been teaching through the book of Philippians, a New Testament letter written by the Apostle Paul. This letter was meant to encourage the church in Philippi. Paul expressed great appreciation for this group of believers, and he made sure to mention that they were very generous in supporting his ministry. This is how we feel here at Bread for the Broken, too. We're so grateful for your listening support, as well as any financial support you feel led to give. We ask that you pray for this ministry and also pray about supporting us in ways that are necessary to keep these teachings airing to people near and far. If you're interested in being a part of this support, go to breadforthebroken.com and click on the About tab. You'll find a link there to donate. Thank you for your prayerful consideration of giving to us here. If you missed any of this teaching or would like to hear more from Pastor James in the book of Philippians, visit our website today at breadforthebroken.com. Look under the Listen tab. We'd also love to meet you too, so if you're in the area, come visit us at Calvary Galveston. We meet each Sunday and Wednesday for worship and Bible study. Find out more at breadforthebroken.com. Thanks for joining us today as a part of our listening audience. Through this ministry, the gospel is going forth and lives are being changed. Tune in next time for more from the Book of Philippians, right here on Bread for the Broken.